Well, thank you for joining us right here on African Dialogue. Remember, from Monday to Thursday, we bring you big discussions that are taking place on the African continent. Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can interact with us on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa 1, that's the numeric 1, or at African Dialogue. want to hear your thoughts, what you think about our subject matter today. And today we're speaking about uh, internet access, internet security. How safe are you? How safe do you believe you are using the internet? I know even when we're speaking about uh, the online space on the African continent, online banking seems to be a big, big uh, trend right now. When you speak about M-Pesa, everyone wakes up and, and thinks about that kind of innovation. But to look at this issue of internet security, we're looking at uh, uh, this issue of Internet Society and the African Union Commission, which have unveiled a new set of internet infrastructure security guidelines for the continent during the African Internet Summit last week. The guidelines will help Africa create a more secure internet infrastructure and assist to change the way African Union states approach cybersecurity preparedness. Now, the guidelines, the first of their kind on the continent, were developed by a multi-stakeholder group of African and global internet infrastructure security experts. And it's the first step towards building a more secure internet in Africa. Someone will say, why now? Isn't it too late? Because we've been using the internet for a long while now. But we know that also cybercrime is nothing new on the African continent. Well, let's get into the conversation and bring in Arthur Goldstuck, who is uh, the Managing Director of Worldwide Works. And also we've got Dr. Peter Tobin, who is the Chief Executive Officer Management uh, Consulting Practice, which is Peter Tobin uh, Consultancy. Well, I want to start the conversation with you, Arthur, in terms of let's look back at the uh, summit that was uh, taking place, uh, looking at these issues. Uh, tell us a little bit about what was agreed at the African Internet Summit and what is the summit itself and how it came to be. Well, just to take a step back, uh, it's worth noting that according to the, the report that the African Union issued, um, in, in 2016 there were 24 million malware incidents targeting Africa. In other words, uh, software that was geared towards infecting computers and either stealing uh, data or, in fact, stealing uh, money. Um, and the, um, the, the targets were individuals, organizations, and entire industries. Mm. So that's, that's part of the understanding that was behind the idea of creating this, uh, these, these guidelines. Um, and um, it's, it's essentially the Internet Society, which is involved with... Um, uh, with, with um, ensuring the open development and evolution mm. of, of the Internet worked with the Commission of the African Union to um, develop uh, this, this report and these recommendations. And mm. they were unveiled um, last week. So um, it now gives it a framework, essentially, for developing a response or at least ensuring that best practice is uh, pursued in um, ICT security across Africa. I want to pick your brain, Arthur, on that backdrop that you've given us in terms of the safety. Just tell us, uh, you know, how unsafe is the current status in terms of our vulnerability uh, to cybercrime on, on the African continent? On the one hand, we are exceptionally vulnerable, and on the other hand, we're still lucky uh, that we are not being targeted as aggressively as other regions so when you saw this recent ransomware outbreak, the WannaCry 
ransomware, which uh, almost brought to a halt the national health system in the UK, there was minimal impact across Africa. And uh, the reason for that is that we don't have as many large networks and also networks that um, are outdated in terms of the software they use, as in many uh, more developed countries. But that's also a factor of, um, of, of low levels of development across um, Africa. So we saw uh, companies in Egypt, Tanzania, and South Africa, for example, hit, but not too many, and not too many major organizations were hit. But on the other hand, what we are seeing at the moment is the most, um, let's call it intense acceleration of um, internet take-up and ICT take-up by individuals and organizations across Africa. And with that comes a lack of skill to ensure that the use of a basic uh, technology like smartphones all the way through to um, elaborate ICT systems in organizations are not always going to be at the optimal level in terms of awareness, knowledge, and uh, expertise to ensure that these systems are not vulnerable and the people are not vulnerable. So just to get that down to a practical level, individuals going onto smartphones for the first time and then from there going onto the Internet for the first time are finding themselves in an entirely new world where they are confused and often um, highly susceptible to people trying to communicate with them and potentially stealing information or even money from them. So I think we're going to see a, a massive explosion of uh, cybercrime targeting individuals who are new to the Internet and organizations that still haven't got their systems up to scratch. Well, you've given us a good backdrop there, Arthur. I'm going to come to our other guests there on the line. We need to take just one quick break. Uh, uh, if you're just joining us today, we're speaking about uh, Internet security. Uh, you know, how susceptible are we when it comes to cybercrime on the African continent? And what more can be done to ensure that we have good infrastructure security guidelines? There was the infrastructure uh, uh, guidelines that were set uh, uh, just last week, Friday, uh, we at the African Internet Summit, which was actually a partnership with the Internet Society and the African Union Commission, actually creating a pathway uh, for the African Union members to have some form of of security guidelines to help them in terms of uh, a secure internet in their respective countries. It's almost uh, 11.15. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be back. Hello and welcome to Channel Africa, the African Perspective. We broadcast from Johannesburg in South Africa and our main aim is to provide you with news, views, knowledge and entertainment from Africa to Africans and listeners from around the world. Reporting for Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe, this is Simon Muchemwa. Reporting for Channel Africa, I am Diana Wanyonye in Mombasa. For Channel Africa, I am Kumbara Munjarere in Johannesburg. Channel Africa, Kinshasa, Jean-Noël Bamweze. Reporting for Channel Africa from Zambia, I am Hilda Kekelwa. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective.
Well, thank you for joining us right here on uh, Channel Africa, the African perspective. Remember, we are on the shortwave service into the African continent on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. And also, we are on DSTV. Our audio bouquet channel is 802. Uh, thank you for joining us here where we give you the African perspective. And today, we're looking at uh, what happened last week at the African Internet Summit. New guidelines were offered to help uh, the member states to create a more secure internet infrastructure in their respective countries and how to approach cybersecurity preparedness. Now, we've got a couple of guests who are experts in this regard. I want to move on to our other guest, Dr. Peter Tobin, who's joining us from the Peter Tobin uh, Consultancy. Uh, Now, I want to look at uh, this issue that we've been looking at as internet uh, penetration grows in Africa. uh, We know, Dr. Peter, that more business takes place online implementing security measures against malware incidents to protect internet users has become increasingly important as was highlighted by Arthur as we started the program. Now, can we unpack these infrastructure security guidelines for for the continent? Yeah, thank you very much for asking me to comment this morning. I think the first thing to recognize is that although the guidelines have been issued within the last week or so, this is part of a long-term commitment on the African continent, which in more recent times goes back a couple of years to the African Union Convention on Cybersecurity and Personal Data Protection. There were three major chapters involved there, one looking at electronic commerce, one looking at data privacy, and the other looking at cybersecurity, the area where the guidelines have recently emerged. The challenge, I think, is always to try and get the adoption of these conventions mm. and principles across the countries. The good news is that the AU Commission has confirmed that uh, by July last year, there were a number of countries, including Benin, Chad, Congo, and so on, who had adopted and ratified the convention. The challenge is that the convention will only come into force across the African continent Mm. once we reach a benchmark of 15 subscribing countries. Mm. So although the guidelines are something new, we need to see a higher level of commitment from African Union member states to the existing convention before we try and go beyond into the very practical area which the guidelines address. Let's let's look at those guidelines because, as you highlighted, it is a complex process from here on. But can you unpack just two or three guidelines that that were empirical and very important to you uh, in terms of this particular particular summit, Doctor Peter Tobin? Yes, and, and just call me Doc or Peter is fine. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, so let's have. Yeah, let's have a look at the regional level, and this is where we're looking at inter-country cooperation. Mm -hmm. And the first of the key guidelines is that the the members of the AU and perhaps a working group within the AU, the early adopted countries, uh, we need a critical mass of maybe 15 or 20 out of the AU members, form an Africa-wide cybersecurity collaboration and coordination committee. Sounds a bit of a mouthful, but what it means Mm -hmm. is that we're going to have knowledge sharing across the African continent. This really is to assist in capacity building and knowledge sharing. And that knowledge sharing has to go all the way down to the individual who's sitting there, as Arthur rightly said, perhaps using their smartphone for the first time and wondering what are they getting themselves into, what risks are they addressing. So the first level, the the high level issue is about regional cooperation. And I think that has to be a good thing.
Mm. Let me bring in Dr. Alexander Valjarevich, who is joining us from the cyber uh, security uh, firm Law Trust in Pretoria, South Africa. Uh, thank you, Dr. Valjarevich, for giving us your time. In terms of, of, of the legal aspects, and in, in terms of that kind of collaboration, would we need to kind of have some form of um, legal uh, uh, implementations from here on? Well, I'll, I'll start with saying that this document is really a, a great guideline, a high-level document to give us the direction uh, uh, where to where to go from from here. Uh, definitely, uh, uh, we we need to uh, have uh, laws and regulations as as part of the uh, equation. I'll give you an example. Uh, Internet uh, and uh, IT technology today is what roads and rail were were in the 19th and 20th century. So we must ensure that systems work and that also they are uh, are secure. To to achieve that, we need laws uh, and regulations such as um, uh, Electronic Communication and Transaction Act, uh, uh, in, in South Africa and Protection of Personal Information Act uh, in, in South Africa. And we can see that these acts uh, um, have uh, been adopted in, uh, in, in a similar form mm. in, in different countries. Uh, recently, uh, we had interaction uh, with Botswana government uh, and, and, and we helped them uh, as, as trusted advisor in promoting their, their electronic communications and specifically uh, digital signatures. And although uh, uh, when we just speak about legal environment that can sound uh, a, a bit boring, it's actually an enablement factor for cooperation between the countries and uh, uh, between the regions. And there we should use, uh, uh, learn from uh, developed regions such as the European Union. For example, that they have a project called Future Trust where Law Trust is the only non-EU party uh, 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 that, that is acting as advisor in that project and they are looking how to uh, uh, have common digital identities, common digital signatures across across their region. We need uh, that kind of initiative uh, throughout Africa in information uh, security to, to enable uh, uh, cross-country and cross-region uh, cooperation. Mm, it sounds very, very complex. And, and let me bring in um, Dawid Bakele, who's joining us also now from the International Society Regional Bureau. He's the director for Africa. Dawid Bakele, thank you uh, for giving us your time. The complexity of the implementation of this seems like it's going to be painstaking from where I'm sitting here because you need some form of uniformity and also you need some form of will uh, from governments and private sectors to ensure that uh, they're actually uh, come on board? Uh, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, yes, uh, cyber security, uh, and I, I just uh, uh, joined the call, so sure. I'm not sure exactly uh, what you, are, you have been discussing before. Sure, just go ahead. I uh, understand, understand you are discussing about the guidelines sure. that have been uh, published by uh, the African Union and the Internet Society. Uh, which is on uh, inter- internet mm, infrastructure mm, mm. security. Indeed. Uh, well, uh, this is a major problem, and uh, everybody is affected, from the individual to the government to uh, the private sector, uh, and we all have to work together 
to make sure that we have uh, an internet that we can all trust. Uh, and uh, everybody's contribution uh, is needed. Uh, there are some roles that the government has to play, uh, as well as the other roles that uh, the private sector and, in fact, individuals as well has to play. Uh, it's not going to be easy, but uh, well, uh, this world has gone through many challenges, and I am optimistic that we will also overcome these challenges. Mm-hmm. And, and also, in terms of, of that, what would be needed and required, and maybe I must come back to you, Arthur, in terms of that kind of implementation and also getting the word on the ground, because it's great to have these guidelines sitting somewhere on the Internet, on the website of the African Union, or uh, somewhere in some uh, office uh, at uh, uh, one of uh, uh, the Internet Society's offices. But how do we actually get the word out? and make sure that these guidelines are not just um, uh, talk, but they're actually something that become implementation? Well, uh, well that's a very good uh, question. And mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, go ahead, Arthur. I'll come back to you, uh, uh, Dawit. It's, it's definitely uh, one of the key issues uh, because these kind of initiatives can fail on the lack of implementation and uh, responsibility at various levels. But what they have built into the recommendations is a set of actions that have to take place at various levels. Firstly, forming an Africa-wide cybersecurity uh, coordination committee, uh, which is, you could say, the highest level um, intervention. And then on, again, on a pan-African level, uh, capacity building and knowledge sharing. Mm. Then it evolves down to national level where mm. each um, member has to identify and protect critical in- infrastructure and facilitate information exchange and then finally um, establish um, computer security incident response teams, which is a fairly standard methodology. It's just one that hasn't been implemented across uh, this continent and then promote infrastructure, infrastructure resilience by having internet exchange points. Again, something that does happen, but on a fairly sporadic basis, and it's usually on a, on a, a private uh, rather than a public uh, level as well. Mm. And then use public institutions to, uh, to uh, set examples. And then it devolves down to the um, operator level, mm. uh, the mobile network operators and the internet service providers who are expected to establish baseline security and have routing and domain name security as well as network security. But all of those, those things do happen at that level because any ISP or mobile operator that's not engaging in those practices is putting their business at risk. Mm. So really the responsibility uh, primarily lies at, at the national and international level rather than with the um, ISPs, and then institutions and organizations themselves are also expected uh, to play a role. Mm. But it, it, it is going to depend heavily on the extent to which national um, governments and the um, African Union itself um, commits itself mm. or commits themselves well, let me come back to you, Dawit, because some of the points that Arthur is speaking of right now bring me to this question of Internet infrastructure itself. And the question is here, what capabilities will be necessary components of a cybersecurity strategy? Uh, well, uh, 
you know, uh, the strategy depends on people, mm. uh, on the capability of uh, people uh, around uh, Africa. Mm. And we need experts, uh, not only at, uh, you know, national level, uh, at, in our organization, because uh, it is important that we have people who understand uh, the risks and who understand what needs to be done uh, to counter some of the threats that exist today uh, at, at, in the organization, but also in national as well as regional organizations. So I think the most important are people, uh, because there are solutions, uh, and uh, as the other speakers uh, were saying, that uh, some of the things that we are recommending in these guidelines are, you know, mm. uh, are not new. Uh, mm. We know about them, but the problem is that uh, you know not everybody knows about them, and not everybody has the capability uh, to implement uh, those uh, recommendations. Mm. So uh, the focus uh, should be maybe in the coming years on making sure that we have the human capacity. Uh, all over Africa. Mm, Dr. Alexandra, it brings me back to you in, in terms of do we have that capacity to fulfill that uh, uh, mandate that Darwin is talking about, speaking about the fact that we need a huge people factor, but do we have that capacity on the continent? Well, human resources uh, are a challenge worldwide, uh, uh, not only in, in Africa. Uh, we have uh, resources, but we need to continue investing in those through education, through information sharing, uh, through cooperation between different uh, uh, governments uh, uh, in, in, in this area. Uh, yes, we do have resources, but we must continue to, to build them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back to Dr. Peter Tobin in terms of also looking at the main challenges facing Africa's cybersecurity environment currently. And also, I'm interested in which African countries are the hotbeds of cybercrime. Hey, remember, we have two Twitter handles that you can join us on at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. We want to hear from you. We're asking the question uh, Is Africa safe from cybercrime? And give us your situations that you faced, maybe prior in terms of maybe you've experienced some form of cyber crimes at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. Those are our two uh, Twitter handles. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America... Simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspectives. 
Yes, you're listening to African Dialogue right now. From Monday to Thursday, we bring you discussions in the form of panels, whether we have them on the phone or in our studios looking at the big subject matters on the African continent. Last week, the African Internet Summit ended on Friday and they came up with Internet Infrastructure Security Guidelines for the Continent. And we've been speaking to a couple of experts. If you've just joined us right now, let me remind you, we have have Dawid Bakela, who is from the Internet Society. He's part of the Regional Bureau and he's the Director for Africa. And we've got Arthur Goldstock, who is uh, a Managing Director of Worldwide Works. And Dr. Peter Tobin is with us, the CEO of uh, the uh, Peter Tobin Consultancy. Dr. Alexandra uh, Valcherovic is from uh, uh, the uh, lawsuit firm in Pretoria, which is, and he is a cybersecurity expert. Now, coming to you, Dr. Uh, Peter Tobin, and you said I must just call you Peter, uh, but look, it's it's interesting to see that we're looking at all these challenges themselves in terms of how this is going to be unpacked and how to unfold this particular guideline. And the issue of uniformity is something that we've discussed. But in terms of capacity, we heard uh, uh, Dr. Alexandra highlighting just before the break that worldwide, the capacity sometimes be- becomes a big problem in terms of manpower. Sometimes skills can be lacking. If they're lacking internationally, here on the continent, it must be a big challenge. Yeah, I think it's a common issue across mm, the world. Mm. We acknowledge that. But uh, there are a number of concerns that one must have about where the lack of skills sits. And I think the initiative mm. being taken here in South Africa by our new information regulator in focusing on educating uh, rather than looking at technical solutions alone is to be praised. I think there's a recognition that individuals need to understand what their rights are and how to protect those rights. Mm. Uh, One of the concerns, of course, must be that not every country across the African continent has yet taken the initiative to implement either cybercrime, cybersecurity or data privacy legislation. So there's still a way to go in terms of the commitment that Arthur spoke to earlier about uh, the national government level. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of that particular issue, do we know which countries need to actually deal with this uh, in a fast pace, uh, uh, Peter? Because the main issue would be we need to know which countries are the hotbeds of cybercrime. Do we know those? Well, I think it's uh, the approach that the bad guys, if you want to call them that, uh, that are out there who are perpetrating the cybercrime, the approach they take is not a rifle Uh, approach where they're Mm. aiming at a specific target. They use the technology on a sort of spray and pray basis. Let's Mm. see who's out there who's going to respond. And it's sort of uh, obvious that if you have larger economies with higher penetration of mobile devices, and I'm thinking particularly of some of the giants of Africa, like Nigeria, South Africa, and some emerging technology-enabled organizations and countries in places like Kenya and Rwanda, um, then that will be a degree of focus in terms of where the larger opportunities lie and also in terms of economic activity levels uh, across the continent. Mm. Uh, Dr. Alexander, it brings me back to you because we're seeing that trend right now, especially in South Africa where I'm based, and I can only speak from my own personal experiences and the landscape of where we are here broadcasting from, is the fact that um, the email scam seems to be a huge trend where people are using messages pretending to be a relative or a business of some sorts to get bank details or so. It seems like also this is not just uh, affecting businesses, not just affecting affecting corporate structures or even affecting governments, but also ordinary people. 
uh, email uh, is, is a great threat vector, uh, and uh, uh, a lot of uh, cyber attacks, such as recent uh, uh, WannaCry that affected mm. over 200,000 machines, uh, start over, over email. Uh, uh, therefore, uh, we, we need to raise awareness uh, uh, about use of email, uh, about being uh, careful with it, about updating our operating systems, about creating policies within, within the organization, mm -hmm. but also uh, applying technological solutions such as uh, email encryption and digital signatures uh, to uh, uh, provide a platform for, for people to be more, more secure uh, when, when using um, email. And damages to the companies can, can be really, really great. We sit with statistics uh, that, that say that uh, uh, average cost of data breach in South Africa, for example, is close to 30 million rand, or about 2 million euros per single data breach, which is really really a lot and we need to uh, take a look at, at uh, the uh, the most prominent threat vectors such as uh, email uh, and such as internet access and uh, uh, put policies, procedures and technology in place to protect ourselves. Mm. Dawood, I want to come to you. Speaking about the people factor uh, that you also highlighted earlier on, I want to bring it back to ordinary citizens. And we were just talking with Dr. Alexandra that actually this also affects the normal person on the, the street. Cybercrime seems to be something that is not something that is just for high-level priority, but also on the uh, low grounds of our communities. And, you know, when it comes to these kind of guidelines, sometimes they stay up there in the... Uh, uh, higher uh, positions and even within the higher structures of the African Union but also it's very difficult when you look at things like the uh, different implementations such as NAPAD or whatever when you talk about BRICS or you can talk about all different uh, implementations that are guided from an African Union level and you see sometimes these issues don't trickle down on, on, on the ground. How do we make sure that this is not just another guideline from the African Union Commission and it's something that will trickle down to ordinary people and also assist them. Uh, yeah, uh, I agree it's difficult for uh, continental-wide organizations such as the African Union to go up to uh, you know, the individual level. That is why we are collaborating. And in fact, we did this work uh, because we have been asked by the African Union to, to help them. Uh, and we are committed as Internet Society uh, to help implement these guidelines. For example, we have chapters in 31 countries around Africa, and we are going to work with those chapters so that they implement some of the aspects of these guidelines that need to be done at local level, including increasing the awareness of the individuals, uh, mm. uh, you know, the ones that you are mentioning. Mm. Well, I, I'm going to take one more break and then we're going to wrap it up after uh, this break. Get your final sentiments. Uh, we're speaking about uh, internet uh, safety, how to deal with cybercrime on the African continent. Give us your thoughts on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at uh, African Dialogue. want to hear your thoughts today. We are discussing internet security on the African continent. It's 11.38 Central African time. I'm going to take a quick break. Thank you for being with us right here on Channel Africa. The African Perspective. 
This is Channel Africa, South Africa's international radio station on shortwave internet and satellite. Listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Nam, kwenye line ya simu hivi sasa najiunga moja kwa moja. Farafina. Farafina. Terre de soleil. Kia Makande Mbalelwa Kina Miriam Está na companhia do serviço em língua portuguesa do canal África, a voz de renascença africana que transmite a partir dos seus estudos centrais de Auckland Park, cidade de Johannesburg, África do Sul. Zochitika Mu África! Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, the first new steps have been taken to ensure that uh, at least uh, Africa pursues secure internet and uh, it was actually a collaboration by the Internet Society and the African Union Commission amongst other experts who were part of uh, uh, this uh, African Internet Summit as the African Internet Summit uh, that was uh, taking place uh, last week. Well, let's let's wrap it up with some final sentiments from our guests. Let me come to Arthur Goldstuck and uh, Arthur coming to you in terms of rolling out a lot of action needs to be said and I think we need to re-emphasize it's not going to be as easy as just having a guideline hey absolutely not um, in fact there are a lot of practical and policy issues that have to be addressed and probably the, the most effective way of doing it will be to collaborate with private enterprise and in fact allow private enterprise to lead the process. But that's a, a tough one for mm. governments. And in many countries, whenever private enterprise is brought into the uh, picture, there are individuals in uh, government structures who are asking what's in it for me. And they want the participants to, in fact, first, mm. um, let's say, do favors, financial or otherwise, for uh, the uh, government representatives who are tasked with bringing them into the process. So corruption is a major challenge mm. in uh, many of these uh, countries. And it's you could call it the elephant in the room because mm. people don't want to talk about it. It's often not politically correct or it's not accessible in certain countries to broach that particular topic. Mm. But if we don't, then we're going to find that it's a very rocky process. Mm. But at least we're moving somewhere, uh, Peter, in terms of at least we have this guideline. It's the first of its kind on the continent. There is some progress being made. It's a first start. Yes, and I think there's a clear commitment from the African Union Commission and the Internet Society they're collaborating with to take these guidelines further. This is just the first step. You know, we've got a long road ahead of us here. The opportunities on the African continent in terms of using technology to help us uh, improve a lot of the citizens of the continent to grow uh, the economies is fantastic. We really need to understand how to leverage cyber as an opportunity, not just a threat. Mm. Uh, Dr. Alexandra, a good point there by Peter. Leveraging is something that needs to be done in this process. Well, I, I would start with, uh, or rather conclude, with commending African Union and the Internet Society for, for this step and uh, emphasize the importance 
of uh, information security, security of the internet and security of information technology because it is completely interlinked with our society today. Our water supply, our power supply, uh, uh, our traffic control, uh, our uh, financial systems uh, uh, depend on, on information security. Therefore, uh, we need continuous leadership from two sides. Uh, one is uh, uh, the government and, uh, and the corporates who must act as a leader and show uh, the direction and protection of the information in uh, encrypting our data when transient and, and when it's in rest. But also we as responsible uh, uh, citizens of, of Africa, we have to uh, uh, keep asking uh, uh, our service mm. providers, our internet service providers, our banks, our government, what are they doing to protect us and put the pressure also from, from that side. We are the client and today client is the king and we need to uh, uh, ask for high level of information uh, security. And let me give you the final word, Dawit, in terms of the internet industry itself also has to come along. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely it is important that the internet industry uh, should participate. Uh, in fact, uh, there are four things that need to happen uh, for, you know, uh, for Africa uh, to be able to secure uh, its internet infrastructure. The first, there should be cooperation between not only the private sector and the government, but other stakeholders. Uh, we need to increase awareness at all levels, starting from the individuals, uh, we need to take responsibility uh, for the management of security risks. Uh, and finally, we have to make sure that we respect fundamental rights and Internet property so that while trying to secure the Internet, we don't destroy it. Uh, because there are some temptations uh, to, uh, you know, uh, to cut on some of the things that make the Internet what it is today. So I believe if we all commit to those things, it is possible not only to have an internet that is secure, but an internet that will help us really uh, grow mm. uh, for uh, the coming years. Mm. Thank you, Dawit. That's Dawit Bukele, who is uh, uh, the Regional Bureau Director for Africa at the Internet Society. Thank you to Arthur Goldstruck, who is the Managing Director of Worldwide Works. We're also joined by Dr. Peter Tobin, who is the CEO of uh, Peter Tobin uh, Consultancy. Also, Dr. Alexandra Valterovich was on with us. He's a cybersecurity expert from Law Trust. Uh, thank you all for giving us your time. We really appreciate it, giving us a, a lowdown on what happened at that uh, uh, summit that was taking place, the African Internet Summit last week. Thank you all for your participation.